and welcome back to another episode of So Jaded. I am so excited because today we have a special guest on the podcast, my roommate, Melissa, which I've actually talked about Melissa, I think quite a bit on the podcast. So I'm really excited for everyone to meet her and Alex. What are we talking about today? Uh, We are going to deep dive into mm-hmm. euphoria season two. I know you've been waiting for it, everyone. I know you're excited. So we're going to tell you what we liked, what we didn't like, and we're going to give you the true scoop. Okay. And let's get into it. Okay, Melissa, I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone. Say, say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug. (laughs) Um, Hey, everyone. I'm Melissa. As Jade mentioned, I currently live with her. Woo. We have fun. We have good times. And we did watch this season of Euphoria together. So that was a wild ride. Mm -hmm. I definitely think if I watched it alone, I would have cried even more than I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I live in Brooklyn with Jade. I am a creative. I love television and I'm very excited to get into this episode and into, into this season. Really? Whew, let's do it. I know it was a wild, a very wild, ride. an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. I loved euphoria Sundays, like nothing like it. Truly. It was something to look forward to. I liked that mm-hmm. we got to think about every episode week to week, get excited yeah. for it. And and then be let down every single week. <laughs> Thank you for saying that because yeah. that's literally what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, we're literally like, I won't say, I mean, if we are going to talk because we are going to talk about this of like, when did we start watching? And like, if we were excited for season two, like I was very into the first season. I was like, oh my God, I love it so much. I knew like I was watching it with my roommate Lohani at the time because I was like watching it during the summer, I remember. And it was like oh I just God, really is loved that it. long ago. Yes. That was the summer that I lived with Lohani. And wow. that's and that was oh like after God. the season was like actually released. Cause I knew people were talking about it. I knew people liked it, but I don't think I started watching it until it was all already out. And yeah, I mean, I don't even remember. I think everyone was talking about it, obviously, because yep. Zendaya. Yeah. I I don't even remember like what the trailers looked like. I'm going to be honest. But I was like, yeah, of course, I want to watch this because it looks like a vibe. Um, and like, I was all about it. I was all about it. Go I ahead. mean, I heard about it like through the grapevine. I'm sure you told me about it. But I we were hanging out a lot that summer. It makes sense. Yeah, we were. Yeah, that was. Let's do an episode on that summer. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I'm I just heard about it. I've known about it for a really long time, but I had no access to HBO Max until about two months ago. So Mm, that's when I started and I knew the second season was coming out. So I was like, I'll watch the first season so that I can be up to date with the second season. And I binged the first season like pretty quickly, which is interesting for a show that is so deeply scary and depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed my experience watching the first season. Uh, the only thing, this is not a review or an opinion piece on season one, but like I did just watch it. So like, why was the last episode a music video? 
Does anyone <laughs> want to tell me? Because that's what he should do is just make music yeah. videos. That's what I think he <laughs> I does. I was like, well. I was like, literally, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? If this is how season one ends, how do we go into season two? <laughs> no, I have a secret theory that Zendaya is only a part of the show to make her music career pop, <laughs> to bring back <laughs> the pop girly Zendaya era. And oh that's my god, I love replay. <laughs> replay is my favorite song. I oh. mm, mm, we'll t- we'll talk. I mean, yeah, we're not talking about season one, but it's interesting no, no. that you thought that. No, no, no but what? <laughs> I want to hear what Melissa, how, wait, Melissa, when did you even watch the first season? I have absolutely no recollection of when I first started (laughs) started Euphoria. I think I woke up from a fever dream and it was implanted into my mind. No, I genuinely do not understand when I, when I watched the first season, but I did, I watched it. And I think it was around the time that I got HBO max in the big, in the middle of the pandemic, because I was like, okay, finally I have HBO Mm -hmm. at all. And I started it and I I just remember being shell-shocked at the end of every episode, even in season one. I was like, I cannot believe that this show is about children. <laughs> right? I cannot fucking believe it. <laughs> Are we allowed to curse? Oh my God, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we got to start telling, like giving that disclaimer because yes. that happens every no. time. <laughs> yeah, we just got to check on here. You know? We do, but I okay. I feel like I loved season one so much that I did have a lot of excitement for season two. I also the fucking fact that they were taking so long to release yes. it also made me feel like it was going to be extra good and extra amazing. And it was overall like if you're going to give the season a grade overall. I feel like you, everyone has to admit that it was not just the plot holes alone. Like it was not fantastic TV. Um, should we, should we give it a grade everyone before we start this review? <laughs> okay. Let's just give it a grade. Let's give it a grade. A grade. A D. I was going to give it a D. Yeah. I'm giving it a D as oh, well. It's I'm not a give fail. It, no. I think even a D is too much of like a fail. I'm going to give it like a C, no. a C because no. what I was going to, I, I, the end of that thought was like looking at it overall, like, yeah, it's not great. But I think if you look episode to episode, some of them really hit the mark for me. I'm not going to lie. Like some of them really did, even though a lot of parts of it didn't make sense. <laughs> they, if they were standalone episodes, it would be really good TV for the most part. Mm. If you get into like the specifics, but that's why I give well, it a C, I think. I do question how this show would be received hey. if it weren't for like the star power of every single person in the cast. Also, like, if I it, agree. If, if it weren't Zendaya, if it weren't Alexa mm-hmm. Demi, if it weren't Sydney Sweeney, like these are all people he picked that were, well, not Zendaya, but the rest of the cast, they were relatively unknown, but they were stars in the making. Yeah. Like it yeah. was casted perfectly. And now I think it get that gets wrapped up in the show as well. Like people want to defend their like their faves, which I wanted to do for Zendaya for the longest time. But now I'm like, no, we need to start critiquing this show and we maybe need to like get Sam Levinson a fucking lawyer because he's gonna have to answer for something <laughs> in the future. I I just feel like I wish I wish a Sam lawyer. Levinson 
was like easier to like. He's such yeah. a quiet dude. The only time I really enjoy the only person I enjoy watching, like talk about the show is Zendaya yes. because I feel like she has such a clear understanding of her character. I feel like she's doing the best that she can with mm-hmm. what she's given. And she also says apparently, cause like Rue's character is supposed to be based well, the show in general, not, but just Rue. It's supposed to be based off of Sam Levinson's own life. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, I don't get that from him. Like, nope. I don't get that from him. Like, you know, like I get that from her. I feel like watching him talk about the show, he just sounds like this weirdo, this weird film guy that this, is just doing man. things to look fancy. It's, yep. It, and likes to see women man. naked. Like, it's weird. Literally, no, this he is the epitome of that weird pace film kid that was in the back mm-hmm. of the class that was and like, I'm gonna play devil's advocate why that lady should have showed her boobies yes. on TV yeah. when we're I like was- critiquing gender studies. And he w- he doesn't just need a lawyer, he needs a writer's room. He forgot <laughs> what he go. was writing and he left many things yes. unanswered. Mm-hmm. And like Honestly, I think the story is fantastic. I think the fact that it's children and all this is happening is like a bit disturbing. And I'm like wondering why someone would think this up. But if it is based on his life, like that's commendable. Like he's writing it out. Like it's, he's obviously very talented. Let's not take that away. Mm -hmm. But he's trying to do like A24 shot on this film. Like let's make it really artsy. And then he forgot five like five million things that he wrote down yeah through, like the last season or the beginning of the season he he doesn't remember the plot holes that's why you have a writer's room yeah when you have that many characters you can't have a single writer unless you're writing a novel that an editor is looking at this guy yes. just took it and ran yeah there's a lot of parts of it like i mean like you said he's obviously talented but it's like it comes across as if though he was so focused and like the team is so focused on just making it look great that they just like didn't care about any of the plot lines. TikTok was more entertaining to watch, <laughs> yeah. like the things that people yes. would guess and the things that people were like, Ooh, I, I have a feeling this is going to happen. And, and I was like, I don't know if Sam is that smart. Like he didn't do any of these amazing ideas that I saw And, but that's on one side, I think on the other side, when it comes to like Rue's character and like showing her struggle. And I think all of that was done really well. I think we really did watch a pretty good rock bottom for her. And I I feel like her journey journey has definitely meant a lot to a lot of people. And it's good to like, see that type of struggle with drugs on TV, um, especially for like someone so young. Um, but I wish maybe we focused more on that. Like, I wish this was actually like a show about these characters and not just staring at these characters and making them look good. I don't know. Like, and not even having some of them interact. I feel like a lot oh my, of the, yeah, right. I feel like for me, what was missing the most was just oh, emotional beats between the women. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted emotional beats between all of the friends and even, even Rue and Gia and the family dynamic. There's so much left undiscovered in that. And that's what screams to me written by a man. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're watching. And that also speaks to the plot holes. Yep. Yes, it does. And what would have been corrected by a writer's room. But Mm -hmm. again, he just reminds me of a film bro that I went to to school with, like you said, and he was never checked in film school. And I I can just see it for like a bunch of my white male filmmaker friends in Mm -hmm. 10 years is what they're going to turn into. And it's really sad because I think what happened too is there was so much hype after season one was officially over and everyone started watching it that I think they just got lost in the like fame of it all. Mm-hmm. Like the first season did have a really good formula. We were learning so much about yes. so many different characters, about their childhoods. And then what there were like, what episodes did that this season? There was one, the first one. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, no, not past. Two. There was yeah. what other one? It, we um we saw more about uh Lexi. Lexi. And then I really can't. Oh, maybe Nate. I oh, can't. oh, Cal. And they did that for Cal. Cal. I feel yeah. like they're why did mm, Cal. Oh, that's a whole other Just topic. please explain why we focused so much on men this season. Why you did we cast of women that is so much more? You have a cat. Why didn't we learn about the moms? Like, why didn't we learn about the Sue's? Why? Sue's. Why? Why? Or or Maddie? We don't. We she hasn't had an episode where we learn about her past yet, right? She has. We only learned we that her. she didn't ever want to have a job. She was like a pageant kid, mm-hmm. um, and she wanted to never work. And she liked to be, but it wasn't like. I mean, we did we did get her backstory, but like it wasn't Relatable. like her dancing in a gay bar, finally kissing her best friend. <laughs> like we got this beautiful scene for fucking beautiful Cal. Moment. Culver Cal. <laughs> yeah. Cal got it. I don't think he deserved it, but he got it. Like, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like they're focused. I don't, I don't, it was all over the place. It was all over the place. We were focusing on some of the worst of the worst uh, for the show. Um, and then <laughs> when you get into all of the behind the scenes and oh, the God. drama, because I heard the whole, well, we all heard this, it, the whole reason why they focused on like Nate and his whole situation and his deal so much is because he's leaving. He's not coming back for the third season. And like, they wanted that- to give him a good like I don't give a fuck like even whatever even if that's not true like why did we focus on him so much then like what it what was the reason what was the reason no the thing about focusing on these men it was like they gave us like so much storyline right like so much for these men honestly even when like this actually goes for every character we got this way more with the men but like they were giving us so much backstory and like random shit that culminated to absolutely nothing like give us nothing continually giving us absolutely nothing week after week I was waiting for a story I was waiting for something to happen and I like you might have different opinions I know some people liked the ending but I felt as though I was given nothing like oh we're oh happy happily ever after (laughs) what was all of that for yeah. Well, I saw I saw someone on TikTok explain it as it didn't feel like it was the end of season two. It felt like it was like the end of the show. And that makes no sense because it's like you made us feel like you were going to this big climactic like thing. 
I personally did not hate the finale. I think it was just one of those things that like they didn't really have like a cliffhanger to give up. It, it felt like he had nothing to go off of. Like, what did we really think was going to happen? You know, like we knew someone was probably going to die. We knew like Fez was probably going to go to jail. Um, and like that happened. So like, what else did they have to go off of? They completely left the like, uh, what was it? Like the sex trafficking storyline? Completely unanswered. Yeah, completely yeah. unanswered. So it was like, what else were we going to do? Yeah, I don't know if there's much bringing me back for season three, I'm going to be honest, because characters that I loved in season one and wanted to see more of in season two were just completely put on the back burner, like Kat and her storyline in season one, which I felt was so important and was Mm. the first time I had seen a storyline like that of like a thicker woman finding her confidence. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily think he did a great job in handling it because how could he ever know what you truly need to go through to gain confidence as a thick woman in America like how could mm-hmm. you ever know that he tried though and I did relate to her storyline um just for season two to have absolutely no continuation of that mm-hmm. and I was shell-shocked and so disappointed and I don't know what I'm trying to say is I don't think there's many characters that are bringing me back for season three or that I even care to know more about. Like, I don't want to see more montages of uh, Cassie and Nate kissing and like having weird manipulative sex. It's this is they're in high school. Go to class. Go to class. Go study. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you, you have to have one assignment do. This can't be all these children do. I. But then I'm also like, I think it could also be, I don't know. In one way, I really like it because I do like the fact that these are all like very complicated characters, but also at the same time, it just doesn't feel at all realistic because there is no one person who like is just living life. Yes. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, how do I explain it? At the end of the day, we are not like caricatures like of our trauma or like of our problems. Like we are still people. I think that's why I loved, I personally loved the first episode. I was like, here they are partying together. They're having conversations that you would hear at a party. It feels realistic. It feels like high school. It feels like the show. And it also like felt like the storylines were like starting and like brewing up. And then it all got like jumbled up in the middle. I think it was like two, three, four really not great episodes. And nothing happened. And then five was like really great, but it felt like a standalone episode. It felt like it came out of nowhere and was like standalone. And I will always love Zendaya when she's on my screen. Like she, Mm -hmm. wow. And they also did her so dirty, but like in terms of like Jules and Elliot, but like whatever, which where was so much to say, where was so much to say? Yeah. Where was Jules this season besides breaking Rue's heart? It makes no, but then you're like, I love you though. Some of his artistic decisions are so out of pocket that you have to question why he thought this way. Why would you pair up Jules and Elliot after they just got together? Like you could have had so many other issues in their relationships. You could have gone through like Jules recognizes that rules that Rue is doing drugs again. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, then that is their conflict. It, it, It didn't have to be this random man with an apple tattoo on his cheek 
to come in and break up this relationship. I think my favorite missed moment, my favorite missed moment. And by favorite, I mean, it makes me so fucking pissed that this wasn't what we got to see was why didn't Maddie give Jules the DVD? Because these women are not allowed to have emotional beats with each other. I'm telling you. Don't you think that could have been like a wonderful moment where they're both like, hey, we really dealt with an abusive motherfucker and I don't want anyone else to see this video of you. I think you should own this. Here's here it is. Why didn't Nate get to like have that? what was supposed to be a redeeming moment. I don't know what why the fuck did that he was. need redemption. No, no. That, that was like necessary. Maddie's that, to have. That um, moment was the worst moment of the season for me. Mm-hmm. That made no fucking sense. That made no sense of all the plot holes of all the storylines that were going random places that are not resolved yet of all the things that didn't need to be in episodes. I could have lived with it. The one thing that I'm like, what? Who, what was he thinking is when Nate did that. That makes no sense. Why go through that horrible, traumatizing, scary scene that I did mm-hmm. not enjoy watching? Oh, like, I know that this Let's... show plays on shock value, but that's one thing that I really didn't like to watch. I think that that's something that was taken a little bit too far for my liking. And I don't know how other people feel about it, but I was not okay with it. Um mm-hmm just to give it back, just to give the DVD back to Jules, like just to have a nice moment to do something good. How does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that scene. Let's unpack it because I just feel like from beginning to end, it, it, I, I, I witnessed a trauma happen and I was in Mm -hmm. it with, with this character. Right. And like, you don't give Maddie the time of day to say any other lines besides be in scenes like this, where she's being abused. And that's not right. And then for for the scene to start for me, for for her to start like in this light with her undressing mm, and talk and about it, that part, like just to start there and have him staring in the mirror was too much. It was too much. We didn't. It's it's like sometimes Stan Levinson doesn't understand what we don't need to see in order for things to have impact. Like mm-hmm. you didn't have to show all of that to, to have us be scared in that moment. Like we were already frightened and you didn't have to take it to that level. I just feel like a lot of his writing gets borderline manipulative. Like he's manipulating the audience and it's cheap. Mm-hmm. That's my, opinion. Oh, I think he's very good at manipulating. I think he's also whatever. This is going to sound harsh. I think he's also very good at manipulating the audience that has no idea what they're talking about when it comes to the, like, I'm sorry, those are not important. Although it looks cool and it looks like he knows what he's, Ooh, fancy stuff. I'm sorry. It is pointless to the storyline it is pointless to building these characters it is it feels like i'm in my fucking film college class <laughs> watching some white <laughs> dudes film from the 1940s or whatever yep. where all they did was stare at women and like abuse women on screen like i just i'm so it and it's good at manipulating people into thinking that it's important when it's it's not it's just mm-hmm. like it's so what pointless. You, what do you guys think Zendaya's take on all of this is? Like the backlash and all the the little whispers. I I'm curious about that because she mm-hmm. is a producer. She's an executive producer on the show and that's like something that's always in the back of my mind is like I know that he's the sole writer and like creator of the show, but I'm wondering like where are the checks and balances? Does Zendaya have 
a say in this because like really like I don't think I would speak to any woman or like normal person that would have watched a scene like that and like felt okay after watching it you know Mm -hmm. so I, I wonder if she thinks like that's something that could be important to be seen because it was so raw and real but like that was a drawn out scene that was like terrible to watch so I don't know I have no idea I even think of like the background drama that was happening, like Barbie Ferreira supposedly walking off set and, mm-hmm. and like the, the work yeah. days going over, you know, 16 hours sometimes or something like that. Like, I wonder what Zendaya's perspective on all of that is, because I do feel like she has some power to say something. I mean, I don't think this show would work without her, especially right. now. Right. So I do think she has some power to like maybe stick up for these other people. I mean, I, I can't speak on what goes on or behind closed doors. Well, I mean, obviously I can. I'm here speaking on it, but like I can't surmise <laughs> <laughs> like you know, I don't know her head, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't know. I think it's they have a say, and we have heard stories of like, oh, I went up to Sam and told him I didn't like this. And he like apparently they say that he was like very receptive to like comments that they would make but yeah. it, it wasn't enough people it was y'all should have taken and oh. also I think it is something about what Melissa was saying about like we can't really say what happened like it is also very possible that they finished filming the season and then all this drama happened or or the drama happened throughout the season and he was kind of left with like well I got to just use what I have. Like Mm -hmm. it could have also just been like a technical, like, yes, this doesn't make any sense, but this is what we have. Like people will just like it. Also Zendaya was a Disney kid. So like maybe she's used to working hard hours and getting, getting overworked, you know, like maybe, maybe that's what she's used to. We don't know. (laughs) You know what? She absolutely is conditioned in these environments. You're right. Which is very sad. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah but like maybe yeah. she just doesn't know yeah, more so right. I think it does go to show you like Alex we were saying about like checks and balances of it all like I it really does go to show show you like who who was in that editing room like who was who was looking at the overall story arc who was looking who was taking a step back and being like does this make sense like it and it it doesn't hey. seem like anyone was not even HBO. Not like no. They just HBO said happen. run with it, and they put a lot of money into Euphoria. An insane amount of money was spent on this show, and I'm like, and it gave me no plot. You can spend as much money as you want on a show if they give you the budget, but you better give me a story because that's the that's the important part. That's the reason people here's watch, what and I, then you can spruce it up. In my head, here's the plot. Like here's there. I think there was one (laughs) plot. I think there was one plot I focused on and that's Rue. We start out. There's this really great comment that they did in the, like after the episode, I forget who says it. I think it's Zendaya or Hunter Schaefer. I'm not sure. And they're like, this is the first time that Rue has everything that she's ever wanted. She has jewels and she has drugs at the same time. And then we see the rock bottom and what having everything gets her where it gets her. And then we finally see her like 
sober. I loved seeing sober Rue, watching her enjoy Lexi's play, watching, seeing her kind of like make amends with people. Um, I loved her journey. And I think those are the parts of the show that they got really right in a lot of ways. It wasn't perfect, but they got it right in a lot of ways. But outside of that, and when you have this many characters, it was everything else got lost. I'm talking about like three episodes there, like three out of a how many eight episode season. It gets a C for me, a C. No, like great television. I feel like your A, B, C, D plots are all intertwining at some point in the episode. And that's what I think he struggles so much throughout this entire series is that he does not let the characters connect to the point where I'm like, I forget that they're going to the same school. Like, does does Elliot go there? Did we see him? Yeah. No, he's a Elliot's just a singer. He just sits in his room and sings for five hours (laughs) instead of giving us other content where we could have learned something that happened to his characters. I have that on my notes. But yes, Elliot's song, so, so, so long. (laughs) Um, And then Alex, you wanted to talk about TikToks? Oh, yeah. So like just speaking of Elliot's song, like I just saved a few TikToks that I just want to read. just read out what they said. So let me mm-hmm. just pull them up quickly because this like summed up how I really felt about the episode. Okay, so I love this. Me when I'm seeing Rue's dad's funeral for the 10th time, but so many other plot holes exist and there's 10 minutes left before we have to wait two years to know if Fexy is going to happen. Yep. yep. Another. So you're telling me my girl cat is fighting for screen time and indeed for any line that doesn't resemble no Maddie or LO by Ethan, you're boring. Meanwhile, little old Elliot is given the opportunity to perform a full fucking BBC Radio 1 live lounge acoustic session. <laughs> <laughs> no, free her. and free Barbie Ferreira. One more. Seriously. Last one, but still good. Me watching the Euphoria finale, waiting for all the plot holes to be filled in, and instead watching Elliot singing for four minutes. So now I got to wait till 2024 to know if my fave drug dealer is dead. <laughs> no, at, listen, at the end of season two, I knew nothing was going to be answered. I went into it with such low expectations. I was like, well, all right. She walked out that, that high school. We'll see if she's doing drugs in season three. <laughs> Damn. That was my ending reaction. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it's kind of. Am I like, invested? Oh. Yes, because it's Zendaya and she's so good at what she does. I'm so far up Alexa Demi's ass. Like you best believe I am watching season three. Um, but we'll see what they do. I don't feel it. I do kind of wish it was li- a little bit more. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that Rue is in the place that she's at, but that doesn't mean that there couldn't have been some sort of cliffhanger or some sort of um or um, you well, could have just ended the show and then just done a better job and made it like the last seat you know mm-hmm. well like rue doesn't have a cliffhanger per se but like kind of because like she's just like what i <laughs> what i thought was gonna happen i think i saw this on tiktok too but it did go through my mind mm-hmm. was when Rue was like, and I was clean for the rest of the school year. And she like walks outside. I thought like someone was going to kidnap her because she stole that fucking suitcase and never gave the money back. Is that just, is that just fine? I'm pretty sure drug dealer ladies that probably 
do human trafficking as well don't just let you off <laughs> yeah probably not i know i think that you are right though in the in the grander scheme of euphoria if there is a larger plan for euphoria it's the whole like narration like what how old like where is rue when this narration is happening where's it coming from is she dead is she alive and in the future is she i've heard a lot of crazy things i think people on tiktok said something along the lines of like this is rue like telling the story like in the future like writing her own thing like she's the sam levinson you know like writing you for you get what i'm saying oh my like, gosh in the future be- i've heard that like i don't people are just guessing whatever the fuck they can what were I you gonna kind say of hope that there is a time jump in season three because yeah. it, that would make more sense to me and it'd be cool it would get him past a lot of these um charges that he's on right now you know <laughs> of child endangerment no but i i think that um a time jump would only make sense because a lot of these characters are going to look a lot older in two three years when the next season comes out so we'll see how they navigate that but i i, I don't know though at the same time I'm, i he's gonna want them to be in high school it's gonna he's gonna want their senior year to be you know is this what what year are what they year in? They in? what year what, are they in <laughs> I don't know. What year are they in? I no just, one's going to college. There's, I just there's episodes of Grey TV that feel like an arc. His just feel like a flat line. Like it's not going anywhere. I could not watch the show and just watch the highlights and it be it would be fine. You know? Yeah. Cause I'm only again, I'm Wait, only so yeah. I think I think that they're meant to be juniors, except I think that Nate is a senior. And maybe Maddie and Cassie are seniors. Yeah, I read that somewhere too. So Rue, Lexi, right? Because Lexi's a year younger than um, Cassie. What's her face? Cassie. Yeah. So was Cat? I don't know. Junior? I don't think they're twins. No, no. I think so. I think that's no, another relationship. I don't know. I think that's another relationship that he misses the beats on. Like they share a room. Yeah. We could we could see them bond at least once. And then and then it makes the play hit harder because you know that they do have a bond at the end of the day. But Lexi is still putting her sister on blast like this. I, I mean, there's so many opportunities that he could give us any kind of morsel of normal, realistic emotion. But mm-hmm. he just takes it to a weird hypersexual, like faux level it's it's very odd it's not Mm -hmm. something that's easy to adapt to like i remember my mom watched an episode and she said that's enough of that she watched one episode episode. (laughs) oh my god no more (laughs) i really like you i really like euphoria like season one euphoria i think also i haven't rewatched season one in a while like i don't really feel like it went that crazy it did but i don't like the moments in season two that stick out of my mind like just all the shit with maddie and like all the weird weird like cassie and nate scenes like those i don't think those happen in season one like those don't come to mind like yeah there were crazy storylines but i don't think um moments like that like yeah, it, it felt it definitely felt like a different season for sure. But I did enjoy that version of Euphoria. It could be better. It wasn't perfect, but you know, I definitely enjoyed season one more than season two as well. I think mm-hmm. season one was like a cultural. I don't want to say reset. That's so overused, but it was. <laughs> it was like 
water cooler talk, you know, it it was like, it brought Twitter together. It, it did a lot in terms of like, people knew this show and were talking together about it, which is Mm -hmm. like shows like that in the past. What could you say? Like lost game of Thrones. So it reached that level, you know, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, he made something good on good on him for for sure good on him he made something here let me tell you people tuned in it's also so crazy like how euphoria influenced the way people actually dress now oh my god like gosh, nobody yes. was dressing like that before euphoria came out absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely the makeup so i know people who went through phases of euphoria makeup and all mm-hmm. of that all of that jazz they have a great team behind like makeup costumes like these fucking care right that's the thing the the artistic elements are on point you know the production design Mm -hmm. the the costume design everything like makeup and art the artistic side but if the writing's not intact you know it's just not going to feel complete and it's not going to be satisfying to viewers because you can do all of these things and make it satisfying like you can be you can have nudity and you can have all of this maybe not in a a high school environment but you Mm -hmm. can do it in a way that makes it make sense to audiences and have a payoff Mm -hmm. like i'm i don't know why i keep thinking of the sopranos because honest to god like i watch the sopranos i watch euphoria and they both have a lot of the same nudity (laughs) violence but they are two very different audiences that they were intended for but they why are they dealing with so much of the same kind of topics if you think about it like that is so funny. I don't know what show, what show I saw more titties in. You I haven't seen the Sopranos. Sopranos. Oh my I haven't God. seen the Sopranos, but I that's really fucking funny to say. <laughs> it's so funny because you bring that up and you're like it's for two different audiences and there are two instances in my mind that I'm like, "Oh, Sam Levinson tried to bring it back like for the kids. Like, let's be relatable <laughs> to the kids here." And one of them was the weirdest thing I've ever viewed in my life. And it's when Kat broke up with Ethan saying she had like a brain disorder. I can't believe we haven't talked about that. Came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere, by the way. So So weird. It was so stupid. He had to have like... I'm shocked. I have no words. I guess guess he had a storyline planned for her and it just didn't pan (laughs) out. But to give her that one scene, like you're setting her up. And you that, are on my shit list. I curse you, <laughs> Sam Levinson. That fucking came across as like, oh, hey, Barbie, we have like a last minute scene. Why don't you come in and film it? Just, just, just in case. Like, it was so fucking random. It was so, it, I, I really am just shocked by it. I'm shocked by it. And why? I don't think she would do that. I don't. I agree. It was I out of character. Do that. It was out of character for her. Um, was there anything else like on your notes or like anything else that you feel like stood out for the season? Or even we'll even say like an honorable mention, a, a thing that you really loved that you didn't mention or something? An honorable mention for me in the plot hole section, because there's lots, like there's lots yeah. we didn't touch, but my favorite plot hole that I hope gets resolved in some way was <laughs> Maddie babysitting and like trying on the clothes. And then the babysitter like recorded her and then she got sent the dress. And I'm like, that was another weird thing. Cause like, why did Sam Levison add like that sexual tension there? And then instead of resolving that sexual tension, let Elliot sing a literal 17 minute song, taking up half of an episode. But like, 
I don't know. I want that should be explored. Like I feel like that's gonna be something, unless he just forgets about it. But like that was my I liked that storyline because I was like, what's gonna happen? Like, is she like a big sister figure? Is there gonna be something weird going on? Like, what's going on? And of course um, it was is weird. Maddie gonna get caught. Yeah, of course it was fucking weird. I know that's the direction it went. Mm-hmm. I think it could also be sort of this like Maddie is kind of the type of person that would probably just like love um someone who is is who is exactly like her and then obviously that woman is like who she wants to be when she grows up and like what she wants her life to be like so i'm like yeah. it makes so much sense that you like want this for yourself um and like that's why she finds her so interesting but it also kind of just made no sense like i wish the women would talk more <laughs> in the show. Like, I wish they would like talk more, like relate to each other more. The men really don't feel that important to me. There was um, one scene that sticks out to me actually is when Maddie and Jules are outside the bowling alley and they were chatting to each other. And I was like, oh, like they're friends. Like, seriously, I forgot that like this was a relationship. Like, and in like that's like the only time we got that. So it's it's just like so confusing to me why there aren't more moments like that and like why like it shouldn't be surprising. These should be established relationships. And instead, I was surprised that these two people were talking on their own. Like it's not established. Like it's not clear. Some of these relationships aren't clear, aren't like, yeah, but I think it's his way of being like mysterious and like, Ooh, when really it makes no sense. It just makes no sense. It makes no sense. And it takes us out of it as a viewer. Yeah. I think that's what's important. Like it does not, it doesn't connect for me. Like I need another element to make it all connect. And mm-hmm. right now it's there's a disconnect. I think the the part that um, stood out to me the most in season two was episode five of Zendaya just running. Mm-hmm. I mean that I like I will not forget that episode of television. Never. That was a feat. Like from start to finish, she, I I can't, I actually can't believe what she went through. And I I like you said, Jade. I think it was a great culmination of her hitting rock bottom and us seeing like how far you will go for your next fix. Mm-hmm. And that like that he almost broached something important there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was interesting. And I will not forget her like running and injuring herself because like that's something that I know people in my life have gone through. And it was like the one relatable piece of the whole season too. So mm-hmm. I will not forget that part. And I am yeah. thankful I watched just so I could watch that episode. But yeah, I don't know if he has a viewer in me for season three. I'm gonna be honest. Really? I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I don't know. I say this now, but watch him release that trailer. And I'll yeah. Like, no, I already know I'm going to be sucked in again. I know I'm going to be sucked in again. And I, I'm i there for, for the characters. I want them to just like actually have storylines that make sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe Because I really do notes. like them. Maybe he'll take our notes into consideration. Maybe. He should listen to this. <laughs> yeah. And how about you, Alex? What are your expectations for season three? Okay, well, I'm definitely going to watch season three. Like, I don't care how bad a show gets. Once I'm in, I'm in for life. (laughs) You're just like like Jane. Yeah, like, I'll keep going. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
But yeah, I don't really have many expectations because I, my fear is that not a single thing will be resolved and Sam yep. Levinson won't get a writing room and he will forget what he wrote in season two and he <laughs> will not rewatch it. And then we'll just get a completely different thing happening. Oh yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you guys, you you have to understand. I've done this before. Like, I watched Pretty Pretty Little Liars until the <laughs> end, and I went through a war, and I will not do it again. I will oh my not. God, do- Melissa, that that's had, a commitment. That that was a commitment. It had no resolution, and I am no longer gonna keep focus if I think that you know it's losing like emotional integrity, which I think it's lost. And then I, I just feel manipulated at the end of each episode, if I'm being honest. But I think I take things way too personally. And that's something a writing teacher told me. For <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's fucking funny. <laughs> um, wait, I also, also me and Alex. <laughs> oh, I take everything so personally. Like, exactly. please. Exactly. But no writing teacher ever told me that because they knew I'd take it really personally. And would I come back to class? I'm not sure. Um... <laughs> But I want to hear who your favorite character is, regardless of, like, what happened to them this oh season. I just want to hear your favorites and, like, why. Um, I don't know. I guess my favorite is Rue. My favorite, I like Lexi. Yeah, well, and it's I like hard Rue. to have a favorite because they all are literally like not real but yeah Yeah. I like I did really like the whole like Lexi and Fez thing oh um I loved it um and I really do like watching Rue's journey yeah let me say I don't know if I like anyone but (laughs) (laughs) but I will say I I I do no I do like Fez I do like Fez because me he, too. he reminds me of someone I know personally. He's the only one, another man, who doesn't feel like a caricature. A little bit, but it's it's in a uh, like um honest place. I think for yes, him, it's coming from an honest place. I agree. Um, but in terms of the women, Cat was definitely my favorite in season one, and but we were given nothing in season two, so she could not stay at the top of my list. Yeah, <laughs> after that brain disorder comment, yeah, she turned into <laughs> a a liar yeah, she hey, turned liar. into like a freak literally like who says something like that um <laughs> but yeah you guys are gonna be like alex what the fuck is wrong with you my favorite is cal no i'm just kidding can you imagine <laughs> someone said that Ew. no but my favorite you're also gonna be like what the fuck my favorite is cassie okay, okay. no i've heard this yeah I think it's just because season one, Cassie was my favorite. Season two, this is getting insane. But also, like, I literally love drama. (laughs) No, no, sorry. I'm shaking my head because I just can't believe this. I can't believe Cassie season one versus Cassie season two. The fact that Sydney Sweeney even believed that her character would do these things. It's just, it's, wow. Sorry, everyone really ran with it. But I get, I get you liking Cassie. I like Cassie. I like yeah. Maddie. But in real life, 
obviously Alexa Demi is my favorite, but like in the show, it's so hard because I really don't agree with a lot of the things that Maddie did. I will say though, all of them, despite their characters being unlikable, they act the heck out of them. Like they act good for them. And it it makes them more likable than he's written the character. So like congrats to him. He is like actors who are likable and can do that. You know, like Sydney Sweeney is doing work, putting in work for. They are incredible actors. Mm -hmm. They are literally i cannot tell you one person in that show that is not acting the hell out of every scene even ethan freaking surprised us up here on stage ethan Mm -hmm. wait can i take it back i think (gasps) suze is my favorite character suze the mom when suze was watching ethan as her she was like oh my god that's that's phenomenal jade and i were screaming no i have to say my now that i'm thinking about it another favorite highlight from my from this season was i need a hero with all the like with the boxing and the punching bag penises Mm -hmm. i i I had to rewatch that i had to go on youtube and search for that scene the next day (laughs) so iconic yeah sorry another standout is just all of the characters that Ethan played. I saw this TikTok and it was like, remember when Kat was breaking up with Ethan and he was like, um, this seems important. You made me cancel rehearsal. And I was like, oh, who cares? He's probably in one scene. But I didn't know Ethan was the whole show. The whole show. <laughs> yeah. And you brought him away from rehearsal for that? <laughs> yeah, to tell him a big fat lie. Yeah. Wait, before we move on, I just wanted to say a quick honorable mention that I really do love Chloe Cherry. I love her so much, um, but we do have to acknowledge the fact of how Sam Levinson found her. We won't say much more on that. And that's all. Uh, But I love her. I love her so much. Wait, Um, guys, this has been the most chaotic recording. We are just like, we didn't even talk about like the biggest death at the end. Like we didn't talk about- we knew yes. someone was going to die. I, know, I think he just like, didn't know. He was like, who is the... And he can't kill off his most likable character, like the underdog character, which is Fez now. Yeah. But it's so funny because, like, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about Faye, like, even. Like, we just <laughs> we just went off. But that's okay. Every If they're listening to this episode, our big fans, um, our avid listeners, then they probably watched Euphoria. They yes. know what happened. They had these hot takes as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's too much. It's not our fault. This show is all over the place. So therefore, <laughs> this podcast episode is all over the place. place. You're welcome. Um, okay, Alex, let's get into the FMK. Okay. This FMK is really good, guys. I'm really <laughs> excited to hear what you have to say. Okay. Um, so FMK, Euphoria Edition. Nate, Hal, the drug lady. <laughs> oh, oh my fucking god! This is so obvious. What's the drug spot. lady's name? Lori. Lori. Okay, so Nate, Cal, and Lori. I've got it. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to marry Lori, and just <laughs> I'm gonna have to live nice, knowing that at least we got some money. You know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to kill Nate just because that mo- that motherfucker has got to go. I cannot stand him. I don't want to look at him anymore. Go back to Australia. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. That's so mean. No, he he's a, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. Um, and then I guess I would have to fuck Cal, but I would not <gasps> enjoy it. Okay. Maybe he's different outside the show. I'm sure he is. No, but this is the character specifically, not the people 
oh. not the actors. Oh. These are the characters specifically. Right. That's I'm sticking with that though. <laughs> okay, well, okay, I'll be quick. I'm gonna marry Lori, obviously. Um, fuck Nate, kill Cal. I'm gonna do the oh. same thing, Jade. Yeah, yeah. I am, and to be clear, I'm gonna marry Lori because she has so many pets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm marrying Lori for the money too. I'm like, and eh, we'll live a stable life forever. There you go. There'll always be drugs release, around. I would release those birds. I'm sorry. I would release what? the birds. I feel bad for them. Yeah. They look so depressed. Or okay, okay but I would, I would build them a bird sanctuary with all of our money. Yeah, in go. the locked room. You know, in that locked room <laughs> that they never said anything about, there's That's, actually a yeah. bird sanctuary. Yeah, you know the locked room where they probably ha- are hiding women, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, no, they actually just have like a, their own little rainforest in there for the parents. No biggie. It's so <laughs> crazy. This show is so crazy. No, but um, I can't, I can't in good conscience do anything with Cal personally. No. Um, I can fuck Nate. I know, I, I can. I know that I can. And I, 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 you know, this is bad, but I might like it. Oh, oh. <laughs> you heard it Mostly goes, oh. You heard it here first, everyone. Wow. (laughs) Strike. (laughs) And that's on me. And that's my own flaw. That's my own flaw. It's okay. It's okay. Um, Well, I want to thank Melissa so much for filming with us. We love to see it. We love you. I love you. Love you guys. Um, Thank you for having me. This is my first time on So Jaded. I think so. I think this is your first time on So Jaded. That's I think wild. so too. Oh That's wild. God. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much. I hope everyone enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, Euphoria season three. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching the YouTube recaps. Yes. No, I'm I probably will watch. Let's be real. Thanks, Thanks everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Alex. And new episodes every Friday. So Woo. jaded fans. Whoop, whoop. So jaded. <laughs> I'll be